Welcome everyone to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Just like I'm podcasting, nothing at all. I'm Chris, that's Dan. And Dan, what are we going to be reviewing tonight? First aired April 9th, 1992. It's episode 21 of season 3 of The Simpsons. It's Black Widower. Ah, the return of Sideshow Bob, which is originally what the episode was going to be called. I'm glad they went with something a little more clever. As a matter of fact, Sam Simon and Thomas Chastain came up with the story, but John Vitti had to turn it into a teleplay. So, they must have had a nicer, longer, thrown together story that had to get edited enough that they had to get separate credits under separate things for it. So, so yes, yeah, so this is a first time we are seeing Sideshow Bob since season one. And I've mentioned this before, that whenever we have a Sideshow Bob episode, it always becomes a favorite of mine. Granted, they're not all home runs, but they're usually really good stories, and this is no exception. Now, of this course, one is weird. If you actually pay attention, this is not him trying to get even with Bart. No, it's not. And uh, He's trying to get a bunch of money, is what he's trying to do right now. Right, that's the that's the idea. It just so happens to coincide with uh, with the Simpson family, which is where some of the hatred for Bart will come from, which eventually leads us to Cape Fear, which is one of the best episodes ever made. So check out all the great content here on CKCC Radio, and let us dive into Black Widower. Of course, we have to start off with. The chalkboard. Funny noises are not funny. I disagree with that. Funny is right in the title, dude. And then, of course, the robbers are stealing the couch. They throw the family off as they go to sit down. With the classic trope that everything else is already out of the room. Except for the TV. I guess that was going last. Or the TV is so shitty they didn't want to rob it. So, my favorite part about when the Simpsons would parody stuff is that they're actually watching dinosaurs. Remember dinosaurs? Mm-hmm. Not the mama. Came out this year. I believe 92 was actually the year it was released. And this comes up in the trivia later. But the main reason why they were doing the parody is because the staff of the Simpsons thought the show was a knockoff of the Simpsons. That's why Bart says, it's like they saw our lives and put it right on TV. So as they're, they're watching, they're all dressed up because they got a fancy dinner soiree happening. And Marge and Patty walk in, inform them they're going to meet Selma's new boyfriend for the first time. But they've got something disturbing they must confess about him. They all have a different... So everyone has a different thing. Lisa's... Lisa thinks it's the elephant man. Yep. Homer thinks it's just a head on a plate. Controlled by machines. And then Bart thinks it's Homer. They're like, yep, he's a jailbird. Yep, and we, we don't want to judge in this house. So why aren't you using the good china? We're just not, okay? And then... It is revealed. 
the boyfriend. Sexo Bob! Yes, the kids scream an alarm. And Bob is like, oh, well, you know, they, they are right to have that reaction. After all, Bart's the one who landed me in jail. And he goes through the entire story about his time in jail. How all he cared about for the first big chunk was getting even with Bart. Yes. Including every every license plate he was making was magically a custom license plate about Bart dying. <laughs> There's also a great commentary in here about the uh, the overcrowded prison system in America, which is actually a thing. And, and then the whole thing of like, well, the next time a Democrat's elected, I'll be back. <laughs> there is some, po- well, yes, there's, there's actually some good political, uh, there's actually some really good political commentary in here. The, uh, Sideshow Bob reveals that he is a conservative Republican. This will come back in future episodes. He's like, you know what, do you know what it's like for me to be in prison as a conservative Republican? And they're passing around chapstick. He's like, where's my chapstick? Oh, I've got it. Well, no, I don't want it. There's even a throwback to that later when he's reading the letter from Selma. And they show the lip balm being passed around while he's reading it. So, yeah, well, he... I mean, would you want it? Oh, God, no. So, of course, I wrote a note down here, and my memory being... As awful as it is, I don't remember what it was, but I wrote lousy snitch and then I put a stab stab indicator and I'm trying to remember exactly Oh, it was um it was Homer commentating to to uh Bob when he's like, If some la see snitch put me in there, the first thing I'd want is revenge. Stab and he makes the gesture while Bart's sitting right next to him at the table. But yeah. It all comes to a head when Sideshow Bomb actually wins a daytime Emmy. And they present it to him in prison, but then they confiscate it because Emmys, Oscars, and even Golden Globes are considered contraband. Best part is after he accepts the award, Krusty goes, don't drop it in the shower. Do kids understand that reference yet? The prison shower? Which is, I think, what made it even more funny about, you know, being a conservative in prison. And then you're expecting that to be a prison joke. But no, it's lip balm. But Selma was so desperate for a boyfriend that she joined the prison pen pal program and she randomly writes to prison prisoner 24601, trivia on that number later, about how she's so desperate that she doesn't, there's no more law-abiding men out there, so she's going to try the prison system. And all of their lovely letters turn in and turn over a new leaf for Bob. And he becomes the model prison employee. He's working in the cafeteria. He's playing the violin for the conjugal visits. No kiss on the lips, though, through the glass. Only the cheek. But when he gets out, he decides to make Selma an honest woman and proposes to her right there at the dining room table. And Bart goes, Selma, don't do it. That man is scum. She goes, well, then call me Mrs. Scum. So now that they're engaged, we get a we get a fun little date montage here. Bob's peddling her in the lake right next to the Springfield nuclear power plant. They're frolicking through the forest. 
with of course Bob doing like the over exaggerated flamboyant moves that he has. And Selma is so damn happy that she's just stamping every single driver's license that comes through the DMV. Molman's reading the the eye test and he's not even close on any of the letters. And she's like, ah, close enough. May you go find love. <laughs> and then, of course, we get the moment of big forgiveness from Krusty the Clown. By the way, when the family's watching that Krusty telethon, did you notice the cat was scratching the sofa? Because I did. Not that that's a personal problem in my house. I'm looking to see if a cat is present in the room. Actually, yes, one of them is in the room with me. One of the ones that indeed scratches the sofa. They both do it, but this is the main guilty party there. Ugh. So yeah, Krusty's doing a telethon. Of course, he's like feeling bad for all the kids that are there. Oh, you should see oh the, the motion sickness. Yeah. So much motion sickness, yeah. You should have seen the bus on the way in. <laughs> and Sideshow Bob makes a surprise appearance, and him and Krusty bury the hatchet. But Bart refuses to give in, even when Lisa's like, oh, come on, if Krusty can forgive him, certainly you can too. But no, he's not, not going for it. That's going to be a big... A big plot point later. So they're planning out this wedding. They decide that Homer is so picky with the uh, with food that they're going to put him in charge of what kind of hors d'oeuvres they're going to have. And of course, he immediately goes with cocktail weenies. They got this great that sauce. Red, that red sauce where it's not ketchup? <laughs> it, 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 it tastes like ketchup? <laughs> and then my favorite is uh, Marge going, uh, Selma, about your wedding dress, I'm not sure how to put this. And she just goes, white. <laughs> Aggressively. She doesn't care what the food is because it all tastes like Asher anyway. Yep. She can't all... smell or taste anything because she smoked so long. She had a bottle rocket go up her nose. And a when bottle she was rocket a kid. went up her nose, yeah. So she permanently lost her sense of taste and smell. So she doesn't care what it is. And then, fortunately, Bart's present for this part of the conversation because Bob's worried about how expensive the wedding gets. He already spent eight of the $10 he got from the prison. And she, she's like, well, don't worry. I got stock in a mace company, so he's like, well, I certainly hope you're not thinking I'm marrying you for your money. If, of course, it's you've got other features, too. And Bart is definitely suspicious of that. They didn't even need to mention that she had the, the, the stock in a mace company. She has a pretty good government job and lives in a one small one-bedroom apartment with her twin sister. She spends no money. All the money she spends is cigarettes. Yeah, pretty much. So, we're getting, right now, everything actually looks pretty good with Bob and Selma, right? Like, they haven't dropped any kind of hints. It actually looks pretty good. He willingly is rubbing her feet and everything. You know, it's, they're having... And then, it's time for MacGyver. So they're on, they're doing one of those romantic horse-drawn horse carriage rides through the park. And then... She realizes that MacGyver is about to start, so she bribes Barney with a $5 bill to get them home in time. Ain't no problem there, Mom. And he does the burp. And it's when Bob... She's like, what did I miss? He was wearing a tank top. 
But Selma, I thought I was the only man in your life. Just sit down and shut up. And as soon as the show's over, he starts trash-talking it, how it's derivative acting, the actor's terrible, and uh, Selma breaks down into tears crying, runs all the way out of the house over to Marge to comfort her. And then Bart's just like, well, I guess the wedding's off. Marge is like, Bart, no. And she's like, no, we're a package deal. If you love me, you have to love MacGyver. And Bob's like... Homer to the rescue, though. Yes, Homer comes to the rescue, because what Bob doesn't know what to do... Hey, Marge likes shows that aren't violent and stuff. I just go for a walk. And when I come back, she's all ready for some loving. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) And that's exactly what his plan is. He goes, I will go on a brisk constitutional. And then, uh... You're all done, we'll be ready. So the wedding is back on, and Lisa is super bitter because she's not the flower girl. You know, if I if I were the flower girl, I wouldn't have fallen over so many times. Even Bart's just like, oh, Lisa, get over it. Cause it's, even... it's Maggie because she's cute. Yep. Oh, sure, they went with the cuteness factor, not with the actual ability to do the job. Of course. <laughs> but what else? what else would you say to your little sister to be an asshole? So... When uh when Bob says I do, Bart imagines him basically as the Grim Reaper, because he still hasn't still hasn't figured out that like he still hasn't come around. Bart's the only one who hasn't come around, and this is all stuff that happens during the actual reception too. First of all, I love that the hors d'oeuvre people are surrounding Homer because he keeps calling them over. Hey, Wiener Boy, where do you think you're going? <laughs> the best is uh, Patty's like, well, that's it. I'm the last single girl in the family. And then looks at Homer eating the hors d'oeuvre. She's like, eh, maybe it's not so bad. <laughs> Marge has got the video camera and she spots Krusty. Krusty, be funny. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. So a guy walks into a bar and pulls out a tiny piano and a 12 inch penis. Oh, wait, I can't tell that one. Ah, uh, the classic joke. I think they even made a reference to a joke like that on, like, Hey Arnold or something. Like, one of those, like, a Nicktoon where they got a little too, a little risque. And I was like, did they really just make the 10-inch penis joke? Yes, they fucking did. No, it's a 12-inch pianist. And then, of course, during, the t- during Bob's toast, he reveals that Selma's actually 41. And... She is going to give up smoking except for after meals and after MacGyver. So she's still going to smoke four times a day. Is that really giving up smoking? Uh, It's better than chain smoking. I guess. So uh, during all this, even Bart goes up to Chief Wiggum. And he's like, do you really think he could have changed? And Wiggum's like, oh, sure. He goes, everybody becomes responsible after some time. Now, where did I leave my gun? Oh, yeah, I put it down when I got a piece of cake. So, of course... Plus, would he pull anything with the greatest police officer? Uh, yeah, he wouldn't pull anything with the greatest police officer here. As a, there's a callback to that later. <laughs> the uh, So, as they're leaving to go drive to their honeymoon, of course, Patty says... Patty's like, I don't know what to say. And Selma goes, tell me what, you, what I want to hear. I'm dying of jealousy. <laughs> And that's when she falls asleep and Bob says, 
the wedding was tough on you, but the honeymoon will be murder. And he starts laughing. And as he drives away, you see the hate Bart license plate that he stamped himself on there. So now as we head to the third act, we now know he's planning something. But what could he possibly be planning? Well, let's start getting the hints. This is where things get weird. Because they get, because the family gets honeymoon video sent to them while they're still on their honeymoon. Right. Like nowadays, you can send a picture or a video instantly over your phone. But this is 1992. Even trying to mail something away would take longer than that. Right. Like, holy shit. But anyway. Well, they are also only in Shelbyville, so. Yeah, they're only in the next town over. You know, at least for my honeymoon, we drove two hours away. Because <laughs> we went to St. Augustine, just because we'd never been there. We we didn't want a lavish honeymoon. <laughs> also, we couldn't Why do you it. need a lavish honeymoon? You're going to be <laughs> in your room 90% of the time anyway. Mm, not necessarily. I mean, we did a lot of stuff, but... So, of course, there... They're, she's shooting this with the videotape given to, or the video cassette, the video recorder taken, given to her by cousin Dottie, the video cassette given by Homer. And the first thing we see is Bob flipping the fuck out because he doesn't have a fireplace in his room. And Bart's suspicious of that. But of course, Marge is like, well, he wants everything to be romantic and perfect. It's, it's just something that you don't understand right now. And then, of course, I love the video cuts off where he's like, ah, oh, sweet fireplace. Goes, hey, Bob, let's make love. And she just rips her clothes off. He's like, I suppose. And that's where it cuts off. Of course, after they make love, Bob is vigorously scrubbing himself off. And he monologues all of his kill plans while he's rubbing her feet. And he keeps hiding it by saying he's speaking in different languages. Although he actually does say he wants to kill her in Spanish. But then he realizes, oh, I'm going to kill you. Oh, it's time for your beloved MacGyver. So she goes and sits down and he's ready to execute his plan. He turns on the fireplace. He positions the cigarettes next to her and he goes out for his walk. So it turns he doesn't light the fire. She won't smell the gas because of the rocket. Oh, yeah. Bart, Bart figures the entire plan out. But first, we have to actually realize that she's in danger. Because Patty comes over to join them to watch TV, because she's lonely, and they put on MacGyver. And as soon as Bart hears coming up next on MacGyver, he realizes that Aunt Selma has one hour to live. Which means Shelbyville. You can get to Shelbyville, get to the fancy wedding place, get up there and take care of everything within one hour. Yep. From their house. Absolutely. So, so the best is uh, we see Bob having a drink. We hear the explosion, and he's like, oh, front desk, there's been a terrible explosion in my room. And as he wanders into the crime scene, of course, with the classic, and then I went and did something stupid like explode you. The good callback to the musical number from before. When they're doing their karaoke duet. Bart is sitting in the chair. And Selma slaps him. 
He goes, you tried to kill me. I want a separation. <laughs> and the cops come in to arrest him. It's like, the only victims here are the good people at Best Western Hotels. <laughs> and he's like, uh, Bart, I, I just need to know, how did you figure this out? He goes, well... Well, it's like, yeah, explain that to us, Bart. He goes, well, I wouldn't want to tell the number one cop in town how to do his job. No, no, no. It's the only way I'll learn. <laughs> That's a great callback joke. I also love when he's like, Chief, do you have room in your cell for a two-time loser? He goes, well, no, but it never stopped us before. So here's how Bart broke the plan down. He realizes that nobody would have noticed why was such above so insistent on having the fireplace. Well, nobody else wouldn't, everybody else would notice a gas leak except for Selma because she doesn't have her sense of taste and smell. And she would, all it would take a room filled with gas would be to light up a single spark, like from an after MacGyver cigarette, for example. So he tries to explain this to Homer four times. And oh, yeah. That was like, yeah. so I tried to tell my dad four times, and then I just told my mom, and then, <laughs> then we're on our way. We're on our way. <laughs> and then they do the whole montage where she's actually, like, ready to strike the cigarette, and Bart stops her in the nick of time. And Bob's like, but if you if you succeeded, why'd the room still blow up? And Wiggum's like, oh, I'll feel that one. Me and the boys were celebrating cigars with a job well done, and I threw the match in the vicinity of the gas. <laughs> And then you can't. Oh keep... yeah, the gas. Oh yeah, the gas. Yeah, you can't keep the Democrats out of the White House forever. And then me and all my criminal buddies will be back out on the street. Someone's like, I feel like a fool. Goes well. Bob fooled all of us, but there was one little boy who never lost his mistrust. Bart's Which like is the opposite of the previous time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now let's all get out of this gas-filled hallway before we all suffocate. I, I really love how they, they, they take on both sides again well. We're like, you know, the Republicans tend to overfill our our uh, prisons, but the Democrats seem, seem to uh, let out the ones that shouldn't be let out. That's the thing, right? It's like the Simpsons is the best at political commentary because they make fun of both parties equally and unapologetically. There's, there's a great one where... Uh, what was it? I think it was... I don't remember if it was Stampy the Elephant in a return episode, but, like, the elephant stamps through the Republican and the Democrat, like, their conventions, and they're all holding up signs that mock each party. Or then when they actually do, like, the headquarters, like, the the Republicans meet in, like, this evil castle on a hill with, like, thunder and lightning in the background, and then the Democrats meet in, like, the local library and... The Republican Party is led by Mr. Burns, and the Democrat Party is led by, uh, I think the character's name is Julio. He's one of the gay characters that they reveal later on. It's good commentary. I'm sorry, if you're if you're part of one of those two parties, and you're offended if one of your parties gets made fun of, you're not going to like The Simpsons. Because you're only going to be laughing half the time. The rest of us laugh all the time. Black Widower. Good episode, right, Dan? Good. Yep. It's a good episode and it's a good Sideshow Bob episode. I might actually even like this one better than Krusty Gets Busted just because it's got a it's got a good plot twist and it's kind of the antithesis of what happened the first time. 
Bart trusted Krusty the whole time, and he distrusted Sideshow Bob the whole time, and that's the only reason why Krusty got free and Sideshow Bob went back to jail. Which is why the next time we see Sideshow Bob, he wants to flat-out murder Bart, because he's had enough. Oh no. It's German for thee, Bart thee. Oh, that, that is going to be a long episode. I can tell you right now, because we're going to have a lot to talk about in that one. That's going to be like a little... Well, that, we'll, that, we'll see that episode in five years. <laughs> oh, no, we're at a good pace right now. We'll, ha- we'll get to it this year. That's only season five. We'll be there soon. We got two... We're, we're, we're holding pretty good with two episodes a week, so I don't see an issue. But yes, so I mentioned trivia about the prison number, 24601. That's Jean Valjean's prison number in Les Mis. Ah. And Hank Jennings in Twin Peaks. And Principal Skinner in Vietnam. <laughs> when it's his... So, 24601 has been used several times on this show. Of course, we all know where each reference got the other reference from, but yes. I mentioned the uh, the dinosaurs parody. One of Bob's friends, of course, is Snake. He previously appeared in War of the Simpsons only as Jailbird, but this is the first time they actually give him the name Snake. Why? Because he had the snake tattoo on his arm, so they just decided to make it his official name. So, maybe it's a prison nickname, or maybe it's his real name. We will never know. This was Kelsey Grammer's second time as Sideshow Bob. Grammer actually thought Bob was going to be a one-time role, but... It became one of his most popular roles he ever played, and thus Bob became a recurring character on the show. If you go to the IMDb credits for Kelsey Grammer, you will notice his top four credits are Cheers, Frasier, Transformers Age of Extinction, and The Expendables 3. Sadly, not The Simpsons. I haven't that- seen you alone. <laughs> Well, he has, uh, <clears throat> his Frasier credit is actually more for a producer than actually playing a character. Because that was his show. Which makes sense. In fact, on IMDb, his producer credits come up before his actor credits. Still, you can, you can understand that, like, although Sideshow Bob is a great freaking role, he has appeared on Sideshow Bob in... 22 episodes as of right now. Damn. Yeah. I gotta imagine most of them aren't Sideshow Bob episodes. I think they might all actually be Sideshow Bob episodes, including Two Tree Souths of Horrors that featured Sideshow Bob, where he was credited oh. as Clark Glamour and Kilmer Goolman. We'll probably get to that trivia down the line. Well... <clears throat> the staff wanted an episode involving a mystery, so Sam Simon approached Thomas Chastain, head of the organization Mystery Writers of America, to help construct the mystery. I've heard that name before, Thomas Chastain. You probably have, too. Uh, there were a number of clues leading up to the revelation at the end were inserted into the script so that viewers would be able to solve the mystery on their own. 
As the episode was being written, the writers had their eyes towards winning an Edgar Award, which is awarded to the best mystery fiction in television and film. But the episode did not win. Sad. <clears throat> did you also notice that they used some psycho shots in this? Specifically, Bob turning around to see Selma in the doorway and turning the chair around to see Bart sitting in it. They even put a little bit of psycho reference music in there. Of course you would. Of course, anybody who's ever seen Cool Hand Luke easily picked up the uh, the chain gang reference where Bob's remembering his time in prison and he's picking up roadside trash, which is all of the, which is all crusty brand shit. They even put Cool Hand Luke music in there. And Sideshow Bob got a character redo. His character model was updated to fit Brad Bird's animation style. Because his season one look is slightly different. And there you have it. Yeah, uh, top tier episode, yes? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so freaking good. I don't think there's a Sideshow Bob episode I dislike because, like I've said, in the newer seasons, even when I'm not, like, super invested in watching new Simpsons episodes, if I find out there's a Sideshow Bob episode, I still watch it. The whole thing where we, we get we get the family that he married into, and then we have – he's got a kid, and then we meet his extended family, which is all played by Frasier people. <laughs> like, yeah, it's freaking – it's good, good stuff. The whole way through. So, yeah. I think that's, uh... I think that pretty much, uh, covers it there. So, when we come back to you guys this Monday, we're gonna talk about another important episode. Uh, this one's more of, like, a personal favorite of Dan and mine. I wouldn't necessarily say it's super important in the grand scheme of Simpsons, but we're both fans of this episode. The Auto Show. The first episode focusing on Otto, the school bus driver, to make him into an actual character. Do they do a good job? Do they not do a good job? I guess we'll have to uh, discuss that. Find out on Monday. Until that time, I'm Chris and that's Dan, and this has been another... Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting it nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs>